welcome to a special bonus episode of National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And we have other co-hosts joining us today. Oh my goodness, do we. That's because today's bonus episode is something we haven't done for a while, and it is one of our periodic National Treasure Superfans episodes. So we've got some super fans joining us today. We do. And I mean, it's just such a joy to talk to, talk to these super fans. It, it really, not to be corny, it reminds me why we created National Treasure Hunt. Like, totally truly, does. right? Like, it's to create this community of people who have a passion for this franchise that we love so much and their love for the franchise really, I think, will come across to all of you listeners when you are tuning into this episode here because these are people that, you know, they didn't just see National Treasure once. They've seen it multiple times and they've thought about it, I dare say, as much, almost as much as we have. They have opinions and they're good ones. They are good opinions. Um, Sometimes I feel like better than ours. You know, truly, these conversations in the past have certainly changed the way I think of certain scenes, of certain characters. And I, I think today's conversations will be more of that. Like, they're, they're going to change the way we think about certain things. And that's why I'm so excited to dive in. We do have four different National Treasure Hunters joining us today. And since we're sort of in our off season between, between seasons six and seven of National Treasure Hunt, we kind of wanted to keep with the vibe of our last season and hear our guests' perspectives on edge of history and its characters in comparison to the original national treasure films and their characters so that's going to be i guess a recurring theme throughout the discussions today but before we jump in emily we'd be remiss if we didn't tell folks where they could find us especially if they want to share their opinions on this episode yes you can find us on twitter and instagram at nt hunt podcast uh you can also find literally everything about us uh on our website uh nthuntpodcast.com um please go ahead if you have not already somehow please order our book national treasure hunt one step short of crazy at tuckerdspress.com and go ahead and check out slash join our patreon which is patreon.com slash nthuntpodcast um, do this especially if you would like to, as Aubrey said, be a co-host <laughs> in a way um, of a future episodes. And if you want to join us for a super fans episode. Absolutely. So without further ado, you want to get this party started, Em? Let's go. All right. Welcome National Treasure Hunters to the show. <laughs> Well, hello there. Thank you so much for joining us here on National Treasure Hunt. Can you get us started with your name, where you're from, and what you do? Uh, I am Gomez, aka Alex Gomez. Everyone knows me by my last name. 
I am the creator and host of the Sleepy G Show uh, here in New Jersey, and I'm proud to be on the show with you tonight. Oh my gosh, so excited to have you here. We know you're a huge National Treasure fan, uh, much like us. And so because you're a huge National Treasure fan, I've got to ask Gomez, do you have a scream from Parkington Lane to kick us off with here today? So I have a few, but I'll go with one. Okay. Um, you know, there's times just like Shaw who took that fatal step and fell down. And I have done that before. Um, one of my uh one of my biggest and worst ones was I went to a hockey game. Okay. Um, uh, went to go see uh my favorite team play last year, and um I got pushed, got hurt, and I felt like I couldn't get out, I couldn't get up, scraped up my leg got infected and was in a hospital. Oh my gosh. It took me a week to get better. And that was like my fall. Like, oh my God. Your scream is that you were literally Shaw and came like, like you ended up in the hospital much like, I mean, he probably ended up in the hospital. I don't think he was in the hospital, but I ended up in the hospital. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm sorry to hear that, but thank you for sharing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it, it does happen to the best of us. Okay, so you have the experience of being Shaw, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering, Gomez, if you have a particular memory, like your first memory of National Treasure, What what is your first memory of interacting with this franchise? And I guess, like, big picture, what do you enjoy about the movies? Wow, uh, so with National Treasure, the first thing I remember is the, the beginning of the movie with uh, Gates, uh, Howell and uh, Riley in the big snowcat and mm-hmm. they're looking for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things is like, geez, Riley, would you like to go back to that cubicle we found you in? <laughs> 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 so that's one of those, the start of the movie was just what I love. And then he he goes to his grandfather. What is it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. About the treasure and all that. Um, I have watched this movie. I don't even know how many times I lost count after a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the does not get old. Uh, every time I watch it, even if it's two months down the road, I can watch it. Like I'd never seen it before. And the excitement, the action, the storyline that drove me. And being that I am a huge Nick Cage fan too. We love it. I, it it's just his, his bravado, his, his, animation in the movie like one of my favorite scenes is when um he's he's about to steal the declaration of independence and you hear riley hello and he does that finger point to the camera one of my i do that all the time to some people <laughs> because it was just one of my favorite things in that move that scene so yeah. it's what it's it's just a, a masterful piece movie i could tell you that much so what do you think Emily and I have grappled with this a lot. Like what makes it so rewatchable? Because in theory, when you think about what it is, it's a treasure hunt. So once yeah. you found the treasure once, in theory, it should not be so exciting and and appealing to watch it again. For me, I'll yeah. be honest with you, it's the clues. Oh. Figuring out, you know, uh, like in your book. Mm. You know, figuring out the clues, the hints that you guys dropped. Um, first of all, love the book too on top of it. Thank you. Should be a New York should be a New York bestseller. Oh. I gotta I gotta make a complaint to the book company. They gotta <laughs> spring it. They've got to be number one bookseller. I love it. Thank you. Um, the fact it's the it's the hunt. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Going starting in the beginning, the secret lies with Charlotte. You know, speaking it out, talking about it. You know, when he cut his finger to scroll the 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 whole thing, Matlock, ninety nine men, or uh, Iron Pen, all this mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. All this stuff, it's just all these little clues. It, that's what makes a hunt mm -hmm. the best. Mm -hmm. And they did it so well in one and two. Yeah, I agree. And it's so interesting that you say that, too, um, that you recognize the quality of those clues. Because I frequently find myself thinking, what would it be like to be on the writing team for something like this? Yeah. That's got to be really difficult. You right? Be think, yeah. You you have to create clues that are simultaneously they're simultaneously comprehensible, mm -hmm. but not so obvious that like it's not fun anymore. And then they all have to fit together. And that's why I think that's why I think one of the reasons I think the movies aren't appreciated as much as they could be because people are just like, oh, this is dumb. Like you can't steal the Declaration of Independence. That's like if that's all you're focusing on, you're missing the point. You're totally missing the point. There's more to it than just stealing the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's the clue that's behind the Declaration of Independence. Yes, would I love to hold that document in my hand? Oh, hell yeah. Would I like to squeeze some lemons on it? Eh, I don't know. But that's a whole other topic, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I love, I just love the the, the nature of how they, the, the writing team of National Treasure 1 and 2, I give them a lot of kudos, a lot mm -hmm. of respect because for a fictional treasure, mm -hmm. you know, even though people have wrote about it in real books, you know, it still makes you think, yeah. does this treasure really exist? Yeah. It could. They they leave. That's one of the things that I also find special about the movies, especially in comparison to some franchises that it's frequently compared to. I really like that they have tended to opt for urban legends and conspiracies mm -hmm. that still have an air of, well, could it be real about yeah. them? You know, like these are real, even if the treasures don't exist, the legends existed before national treasure came around. Oh, without a doubt. Um, Knights Templar. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Christopher Columbus, um, you know, Charlotte, um the the see uh the trinity church the intrepid the list goes on the the liberty bell the centennial bell the whole thing of philly which you guys did your little your your thing not too long ago and they're so the because it's real history yeah with a fictional thing but they did it so mass masterfully like i can't even speak because that's how great it was <laughs> Well, the other thing that I noted you mentioned at the beginning, talking about, you know, the Ben Gates character and Nicolas Cage and things like that, the characters have such a special role in making this franchise what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you'll play a little game with me here. Emily and I have done this like character analysis episode before where we would throw out the name of a character and have to kind of say the first adjective or word that comes to mind to describe that character. Are you game to play? I'm so game. Oh my god, amazing. Okay, well, I'm going to start easy. How about Ben Gates? What comes to mind? Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty hard to argue with that. <laughs> okay, what about his his equivalent? His He's met his match, Abigail Chase. Beautiful. Okay, and Riley Poole? Hilarious. Hilarious. 
let's go to some tangential characters. How about how about the president in National Treasure 2? Oh, uh, dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Bruce Greenwood plays the president a lot. Like, yeah, he does. Born well, for it. He's born for it. He should run for the real president. <laughs> I mean, there are probably worse options. Um, <laughs> how about, oh, let's go villains. Let's go Ian. Psycho. And Mitch. Oh, God. Uh, scary. Mitch is scary. I think part of... Okay, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Ian versus Mitch as characters. Because I think a lot of people just vastly prefer Ian. Not only because it's the original movie. It's Sean Bean. Everyone loves Sean Bean. Oh, yeah. Um, And Mitch, I think it's a bad rap. But I think one of the reasons he's so terrifying is he seems like... Granted, he's wealthy and he's like a trained mercenary, but otherwise he seems like a regular guy. No, no, not Ed Harris. I'll no, I feel he freaks me out a little bit because I mean, he, he seems so chill and normal. He, that's that's the scary part. Right. He's too chill. Ian, <laughs> um, Ian Hal, Sean Bean, he, he had a brain, but he had unlimited resources. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it was he was born in money. Mm -hmm. He knew ways to get things. So he was a little bit of a, a thinker. Mitch Wilkinson was in the money, was trained as an assassin somewhere, probably in America, in the Army, the Marines. And then, you know, he's got that cool, determined look. Ian has that worried look mm. in several scenes in the movies, if you ever noticed. Like in when Ian uh, tried to steal Abigail Chase, in the declaration and he realized he got the wrong one he's like you know you could tell he's worried now how the hell am i gonna get the hands on this where mitch he's so cool he's so chill but he's so destructive mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just because he's the hand a bit hand-to-hand -hand combat compared to ian mm -hmm. i would be more scared of mitch than ian interesting i think that's fair i think that's fair okay well Interestingly, we're talking about the villains here. You you did tell me before we started recording this evening that you had not yet seen Edge of History on Disney Plus. But when when you do go ahead and watch it, there are going to be indirectly some questions that you will be inclined to ask yourself about mm -hmm. Ian following watching this show. That's all the spoilers I'm gonna give you, Gomez. Okay. okay. But I did want to ask. What was your reaction when you heard they were making that show without the original cast? Uh, so when I heard about this, I was, well, first of all, when they, when I first heard about it, I thought it was the movie. Mm. I was thinking it was National Treasure 3 because they'd never announced it that it was going to be on Disney Plus <clears throat> until Disney did mention then it was a show. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed that none of the original cast members, even though the names are used, the original cast, no Nick Cage, no Diane Kruger, no Ian Bean, no Justin Barth, no Harvey Keitel. None of the original cast members are in this show. There's got to be a reason. I, I do have to watch it. Well, two of them do show up. Okay. Well, three of, okay, two main, Riley shows up for one episode. Okay. And I was disappointed in the episode. Ooh. Harvey Keitel, Sadusky is, shows up in the very first episode. Okay. And then 
Agent Hendricks. Do you remember Agent Hendricks? Yes, yes. He is in the whole the whole show. Okay, so almost the whole entire cast. Yeah. So I feel that I am going to be watching it because the fact of how much I love Natural Treasure. But when you have two kids that want to watch Encanto and Moana and all that, that takes over the the TV over National <laughs> Treasure, unfortunately. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it because there's something, A, granted it's not the whole original cast, but there's something in that show probably that could open my eyes up that maybe that was in the one and two, but maybe a little cliffhanger for number three. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's my thing. That's my genre of thinking. Okay, so I would not be far off in assuming that you really want a third movie oh yeah if you were to have the opportunity to give like the film's creative team one piece of advice or ask them to do one thing that you must see in the third movie what would that be um great question i'm going to say this as uh i love all the treasure hunting and all that stuff trip to the bahamas yeah shipwreck treasure there's got to be a famous treasure out there that's part of history that could rewrite history interesting on an island yes as much as i want to know what happened on page 47 yeah the president's book you know what i mean i want that too they should make three and four but they should make what i'm saying three should be the president's book again you know saying what was you know what what they were talking about that should be three four there's got to be a treasure in the bahamas in the bermuda triangle somewhere that rewrites history okay gomez you have excellent ideas so i think now is the time to subject you to my classic national treasure hunt speed round so i'm going to give you a couple of kind of quick hit questions you give me the first thing that comes to mind are you ready go ahead what is your favorite national treasure clue to date? To date would be still to this day, the secret lies with Charlotte. That's my answer too. What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? I keep six. Six. We have gotten that answer so much recently. Wow. Consensus. Yes. What is one word that you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Jack. I love that. <laughs> What is one location besides the Bahamas where you would like to see the third movie film? New Jersey. Ooh, I'm a Jersey girl, so I'm here for it. And last but not least, it's like picking your favorite child, National Treasure or Book of Secrets. Ooh, see, that's the problem. I love both. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I will always go back to the first one as much, too, as the second one. But I love them both equally. But I will say the first one always. All right, Gomez, you have passed the test. This has been an absolute delight, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, National Treasure Hunter. Let's get started with your name. Where are you from, and what do you do? Hi, my name is Abby. I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, and I am an accountant at a CPA firm. Wow, that, that's pretty cool. I, that, I was not expecting that. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting people an accountant. People don't usually. <laughs> um, so, Abby, 
do do you have a scream uh from Parkington Lane to share? Well, yes. I I think I I did the scream and the junior year of college me and my friend Tracy at our college we have like a Halloween party and a costume contest and we said we are going to be the most niche thing here and I dress up as Ben Gates and she dressed up as the declaration and I like handmade a declaration on a poster and handmade the red tube thing and we dressed up as that did people get the reference when like we had to tell them or I would be like, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. And then they would. Nice. But no one like walked up to us and was like, you are Ben Gates. But once we told them, they were like, oh, OK. That is. So they just think you were a person walking around like with the Declaration of like, somebody that was. She, she even had like a, a T-shirt that had the Declaration like. I'm sure it's from like the archives or somewhere in DC, like printed on it. And then I had like made the poster thing. So wow. I don't, I don't, I would love to know what people thought we were. Cause even I was like carrying the red tube thing, like yeah. on my back. Yeah. I, I don't know what people thought we were, but I mean, now I'm low key disappointed in us. M that we are, our sinus college has like a big Halloween scene and we never thought to do that, which is disappointing to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very unfortunate on our part. So we'll have to see if something comes this, up in the this future. Year, this year, this <laughs> year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like, you know, going back a little bit, you have some history with yeah. National Treasure, no pun intended. Um, What is your first memory of National Treasure? And, like, what do you enjoy about the movies, the franchise as a whole? My first memory, well, my dad really likes history. Hmm. And it was just one of those movies that, like, if it was on when we were scrolling through the TV, like, we would watch it. And then one of my friend, we were not friends till the end of freshman year. But one of my first memories is I knew she liked National Treasure a lot because she was a history major. I, I was not, obviously, an accounting. <laughs> I was an accounting major. But... We were in English or like English honors classes together. And I'm sure it was mentioned in those classes. And I was like, that's so weird that she likes it a lot because I like it a lot. But I just think it's just one of those Disney things that I'm like, people forget about it, but it's so good. So good. Like, I just need Disney to capitalize on it more, I guess. God, you're telling us. I mean, <laughs> I know. Like when when we got off, um, we went on a Disney cruise um, about a month ago. And when you like get off, and when you're in the terminal, it's like a whole Disney Plus like advertisement. And of course, it's like uh, Grogu, Mandalorian, uh, Wanda Vision, like all that. And then we turn the corner, and it was it was Edge of History, like this huge poster. Nice. And but I was like, but you guys canceled it. Well, okay, that really leads us into our next set of questions. As you okay. probably know, we spent a lot of season six of our podcast providing like our hot takes and our reactions and analysis on National Treasure: Edge of History and really how it compared to the movies in the franchise. Um, and we just ha we would love to get your thoughts on this because I understand you did watch the show, right? Yes, I did. 
Okay, so every every did it come out on Wednesdays? Every Wednesday. Yes, appointment television. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, I guess before I dive into your reaction to the cancellation, what did you? How did you feel about the show? Did you like it as objectively as possible? Well, I so I really liked the movies, and then when they were like Nicolas Cage, like the only person who's going to be in it is going to be, well, obviously the big one was Riley being in it, but then Sadusky and um, Hendrix, like them being in it were the little nods. And I was like, okay, this could be good because because Disney remakes, all of those, it's either hit or miss. So I was like, this is either going to be really good or we're never going to want to watch. We're going to watch one episode and not want to watch another one. So after the first episode, I was like, okay, this is really good because it's still the feel of National Treasure, but with the younger, you know, the younger group with all of them. But then, like, I think it really helped that the Wiverleys were the writers. Oh, okay. I have another, okay. I have another scream. Oh my God. Um, tell us. Okay. So obviously I'm a huge reader. Note for the audio, I'm literally surrounded by books. <laughs> I love the color coordination, by the yes. way. I've been staring at it the entire time. <laughs> so I'm like a huge reader. And I guess last year I picked up this book called Roughest Draft. And it's by a husband and wife writing team. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so good. I love this. And then they had another one come out last year called Do I Know You? And it was so good. Like, I got an early copy of it. And I was like, I love this book. And so maybe, like, we were watching the third or fourth episode of National Treasure. And the Wibberley's names came on. And I was like, why? I was like, I know they're the writers of this. I was like, but why is that name so familiar? And the wife of the writing team is their daughter. So I DM her. And I'm like, hey, like, because we had interacted on Instagram before, like, because mm. I would like tag her when I like finished her book or finished their book. And I was like, hey, I was like, really weird question. I was like, but did your mom and dad write National Treasure? And she was like, yeah, they did. And I was like, well, I love your mom and dad. And I also <laughs> love you and your husband. So please tell everyone I know, tell everyone you know that I love them. Oh, my wow. goodness. Isn't crazy yes in the so, best yes. way i know okay i like but... how abby's screams are better than my screams <laughs> oh yeah on a consistent basis <laughs> i think those are my two those are my best ones peak scream absolutely yeah, I mean, well i told uh, well when we when their like name came up i was like that's not a very familiar like not a common name totally but but yes, back to the back to the show now that I went off on my other scream. We love it. But yes, I think since they wrote it and um John Turtletob, since he like helped on it, I think that really helped. Cause that's one of I feel like Disney's problems is if the original people don't work on the new thing, it's not the same feel. Mm -hmm. So I think that really helped. And I thought the story the uh, the music that was the other big thing it was national like it was national treasure yes <laughs> like that score is so good and yes. the show the show that being in the show was really good but the storyline i really it felt like national treasure okay so speaking of the music i have to ask because i was monitoring social media like 
obsessively closely when it was coming to like fan reactions to the show. Don't give me that look, Emily. Uh, <laughs> I was collecting data. Um, yeah. People had mixed feelings about having songs with lyrics in them, like more pop music sounding songs interspersed with like the more traditional musical score. How did mm -hmm. you feel about that? I, I liked it. I well, and I think it fit the vibe of the younger mm -hmm. them being a younger group because you know, like, well, you know, National Treasure came out in the early two thousands, so they didn't have iPhones and all that. But like them, like having all these modern things and them being so young, I mm -hmm. think I liked it with the mix of the pop and the National Treasure score. That's a, that's a great answer. I haven't actually heard or seen anyone on social media say that. That makes a lot of sense. And speaking of the younger characters, did you, how do I ask this? Did you find them as characters to be mo any more or less successful as characters than like the original movie characters? Because I don't know, Emily and I talk all the time about how what makes National Treasure so special really is the characters and what the actors bring to those roles. So I guess I was wondering your thoughts on the characters in the show. Well, I like that they each, since it was a bigger group than just Ben Abigail Riley, I think they all like knew very specific things. Like obviously Jess was very good at puzzles. Mm hmm and uh, Liam was, I love Liam, number one. <laughs> I loved Liam. Is he your favorite? Oh, probably, yeah. Nice. I, I really like Sadusky, so I loved that he was his grandson. Okay. Which, I don't know. You're Controversial <laughs> opinion, Abby. <laughs> no! You're opening a can of worms. Aubrey's about to go off. I'm not. I'm respectful <laughs> of other people's opinions, even if I disagree with them. Yes, I vividly remember listening to the episode where you say you don't like Sadusky and texting my friend Tracy and being like, I don't know if I can listen to this podcast anymore. <laughs> Aubrey, you're turning <laughs> people away. No, I'm leaning all the way into it. I'm still it. here. I'm still here. But, um, and then... Ta like Tasha being really good with the internet and that oh oh okay Oren I literally wrote this down to ask y'all if y'all yeah. knew is he named after the producer Oren? yeah it's so funny we've we've thought definitely noticed that because it's definitely not a common okay. name right okay. yes um I we don't know for certain. Oh, man. I um, think y'all would know if anybody knew. We can follow up on that for you and let you know. Um, I suspect, however, you know, being very, you know, willing to surmise and, and noting that this is my opinion, um, I think it, it was pro probably part of the inspiration because okay. um, when we have talked to the Wibberleys before, they have talked about Oren Aviv. Um, and again, it is such an uncommon name that it feels like a very natural connection and knowing that they were the Wibberleys were involved in creating the characters for the show from the get-go I mean it makes a lot of sense to me um do would you agree with that yeah definitely yeah also I'm sorry this is not related to what you were just talking about but Aubrey did you look over Abby's shoulder at her bookshelf and see the book that's facing oh, I, out I, I okay. did I just <laughs> I noticed did. that <laughs> 
Don't worry, I'm bringing it with me. Yes, we're going to sign that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Um all right. So, okay. would it be safe to assume you were disappointed by the cancellation of the show? Uh yeah. Mhm. Because I was cuz there I don't want to talk badly about another show, but there was another show that Disney, it was a remake of a very popular movie franchise involving a mythical Christmas character. And we did not enjoy that show. We did not even finish it, but it got renewed and we were so surprised. Interesting. I mean, that, I mean, it's one of those things where what motivates the decisions here and I mean, obviously, the answer is money on the part of Disney, right? right? So and I, demand, yeah, and exactly. So between the money and the demand, I feel like we can only atu- assume two things. Number one, it didn't get viewership comparable to other shows. Mm-hmm. Number two, they really heard the whole "if it's not Nicolas Cage, I don't care." in the ether the other thing that made me upset about the cancellation was like obviously i understand when you're making i'm assuming when they were making this they didn't know if there was going to be a like they weren't 100 percent sure if there was going to be a season two but mm-hmm. it was set up mm-hmm. like the ending just set it up so well to yeah. be a season two yeah i mean it's funny because when you talk to a lot of people um, and then also examine reactions on Twitter after the cancellation, which I also did. Um, there seemed to be pretty big consensus that Disney did not market this well, which is interesting because they did a lot of like in-person stuff, right? Like at the mm-hmm. D23 Expo or yeah. they have like an escape room in Hollywood. But I don't know. That's not where your fans are. You know, that's like, yeah, it's cool to have an escape room in Hollywood, but you're not going to have people flying out to Hollywood just to do that. They should have brought the experience to people, you know? Yeah, because even if they would have done, like, because even, because also I'm like a huge Disney, anything Disney, I love. So even anything like Disney World or Disneyland, because that's a lot, like, that's a lot, I, I would assume that's a large majority of your Disney Plus people like I'm sure most people at Disney World have Disney plus so like you could have done I don't know what you could have done but like there still could have been something absolutely more targeted social media campaigns as well I mean going back to your locations that you featured prominently in the movies or even that you were going to feature in the show and like having them have little displays or what what are you pointing to Emily this is a Philadelphia Union jersey. So was, you wanted safe. them to come to Philly. Philly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So much could have been done there. But okay. I, I know I could honestly talk to you for forever. And I'm very excited that we're going to have the opportunity <laughs> to when you come yes. visit us at our National yes. Archives events. Um, but before I subject you to the classic National Treasure Hunt speed round, I did want to ask you, I suspect you have an answer to this. Have you thought about what you might like to see in a National Treasure 3? And if so, what is like one thing you would want the production team to consider or to take into account regarding an idea you have or a piece of advice, anything like that? 
Well, obviously, <laughs> it would be page 47. Good answer. Which I also think, to go back to the show just for a second, I think maybe that's another reason, like you said, how it was at Nicolas Cage, but also I think people are like, why, if we're going to do this, why can't we just make a National Treasure 3? Totally. This could have set up, because another thing that I would like to see in National Treasure 3, if, like, we're saying this show is, you know, in progression with it, is like I really like Agent Ross as well and any of the kids from the show because obviously they're very smart and know Riley now so Mm -hmm. they could definitely tie in the show with a third movie they totally could I mean does it seem less likely that they would now that the show's been canceled I think yes but there are definitely ways that they could have done that um, and you know what's funny to me? You mentioned, you know, they could have potentially set up the third movie with the show a little bit better. R- uh, Riley, Justin Bartha ad-libbed his line about, you know, and there are 47 reasons to be interested. That wasn't even... he did. Of right? course he did. But, like, that wasn't even in the script, which means that, like, the most direct reference you have to a National Treasure 3, he came up with on the spot. It wasn't even written in, you know? That I... Loved that line so much. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yes. Okay, Abby. Um, it is time to play our National Treasure Hunt speed round. I have five quick questions for you. Give us your first thought, first take, and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Sound good? Good. All right. Favorite National Treasure clue? It would have to be... To uh, from um, Book of Secrets, when Mitch says to surrender your hand into the heart of the warrior. I love. I that. like that one. I love I that, that one. Before. I love it. What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? Like two, because that's how many I have right now. Good answer. <laughs> um. All right, Abby. What is one word that you would use to describe <laughs> Agent Sadesky? I would say dedicated. De- for a second. Neutral. You- Neutral. Nice. No, I, you said dedicated, and for a second I thought you were going to say dead. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, he is also that, but. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where, what is one location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? Somewhere in California or the West Coast. Okay. And finally, Abby, we're going to make you pick your favorite child, National Treasure or Book of Secrets. National Treasure. Yes. (laughs) Classic. Abby, thank you so much for joining us today on National Treasure Hunt. This was such a blast. Thank you. Hello, hello there. Welcome to National Treasure Hunt. Can we get started with your name, where you're from, and what do you do? Yeah, my name is uh, Adam Reichlin. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and then I am a account manager for a digital marketing agency. Wow, very cool. That was that was very succinct. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> On our podcast, we like to talk about you know screams from Parkington Lane that uh, Aubrey and I frequently have. Now, Aubrey and I have been in touch with you for a little while now, so we happen yeah. to know that 
you truly are a super fan. Um, do you have a scream from Parkinson Lane that you would like to share? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, obviously, I, I'm not really much seen necessarily amongst my friends as someone that's like super into movies or super into anything like that. My interests really lie in sports, but for some reason, I have a very odd connection to this movie and everyone loves to pick on me for it. I don't even know if pick on me is the right word, but definitely like to poke fun, like of all movies, that's the movie. So I have this nice mug that I use right here every day for, for coffee, tea. Um, you're my national treasure. And it's funny because once again, everyone's like, oh, you're just a big Nick Cage fan. I'm like, it's really not even Nick Cage. It's purely, it's Ben Gates. It's not, it's not Nick Cage. It's Ben Gates. Dude, you and I, we're going to get along real well. Yeah, (laughs) truly. But Adam, you, you kind of led me into my next question perfectly. It's like you knew it was coming or something, but what is your first like memory of national treasure you said obviously you enjoy like ben gates yeah um but is that the first thing you remember when you think of national treasure or you know what's that primary memory for you no so it it's funny because as i've been preparing to do this um i really try and think kind of when that we'll call it an obsession for the movie started and like i don't i don't think I could even tell you the first time I watched it like it's not like a memory in theaters it was one of those things that when I got to college I think and started watching Netflix it was always on Netflix and before that it was always that movie that when it was on TV I watched it start to finish even though I probably had the DVD 10 feet away from me but I watched it with the commercials all the way through every time and then it became that movie that when I couldn't fall asleep I would just throw it on because I'd seen it so many times like I just knew what was happening. I could just picture it while sleeping as opposed to like having to have turn around and it distract me. So the big joke amongst all of my friend groups is it's a good night's sleep if I fall asleep before the Charlotte's on the screen. So we'll go, we'll we'll go with my, my biggest memory of that movie is just the Charlotte. We'll just go with that. But yeah, that's, that's the inside joke with me and all of my friends will be like, like if I see him the next night, I'd be like, oh, National Treasure last night. Yeah. Do you see the Charlotte? Nope. Oh, so good night's sleep. Yep. Exactly. I love so, that so yeah, much. That's, <laughs> that's the inside joke, I guess. Oh my gosh. You're, you know, you weren't sure if you were going to have a scream to share. I feel like you would have, in theory, thousands of screams to share for the thousands <laughs> of times you've watched portions of this movie. Um, yeah. I, I did want to ask you, though, you know, with your friends you and and your colleagues and whatnot sort of poking fun at your fandom uh for this movie that's something that happens to emily and myself a lot as well um and i'm curious like based on your experience as a fan of this franchise what are like the top couple of things that people like to complain about this movie you know what i mean like what what are the complaints that you receive and i'm assuming if you're anything like us you feel the need to defend the movie but i yeah. won't even get no, that absolutely. far yeah <laughs> what, what are the biggest complaints you hear so i think a lot of it just stems from i, I mean nicholas cage has his own reputation as an actor so i think they kind of just always like to poke fun at him and then it's always funny because i'm like like they'll ask me what my favorite movie is. I'll say National Treasure. They're like, and then once again, it's like of all movies, like they're these huge cinema files, which they're not, but 
Um, and then I'll even tell them like, so at work, for example, once they found out that this was my favorite movie, poke all the fun they want. It was for my birthday, like right before we left for Thanksgiving break, like we watched it as an office and like everyone sat there, enjoyed the movie. And they're like, oh, I guess I really just haven't seen it in such a long time. So it's just one of those things that because they don't watch it too often or it's not that movie for them. They're like, really, of all movies. And then they're like, oh, I kind of forgot how good of a movie it was. I'm like, thank you. Like, I don't get why you've been picking on me this whole time. It's genuinely a good movie. You know, there's a certain elitism that comes with people complaining about Nicolas Cage that I just cannot yep. stand. So how how I describe it is Nicolas Cage is the nickelback of acting. Like people want to act like they hate him, but as soon as a nickelback song comes on, like someone sings and knows all of the words. So it's like you obviously don't hate him, you just love to hate him. Yes, that's exactly it. I that's love a great that point. and such a good analogy. I'm going to I'm going to use that now. <laughs> Can you use that? I, I think you have to. I seriously will. Um but you mentioned um Ben Gates as a character and I think Emily and I both find that as a character he's really memorable which surprises some people because he's like one of the more subtle of the Nicolas Cage characters that exist. Yeah. Um but there's something really endearing and inspiring about him. And I guess I'm wondering what draws you to him as a character. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit it with that last one. Just, I think anyone can relate to someone that's passionate about something and willing to dedicate their whole life to one thing. Like I mentioned it early on, like my passion is sports, but I work in digital marketing. His passion is treasure and he punch treasure. So I think anything, anyone can find something relatable about a person that's willing to go after their passion. And then I think you kind of said it earlier. It's funny that obviously this is definitely a more low key Nicolas Cage role, but he still finds his ways to Nicolas Cage, Ben Gates with like the scene from Buckingham Palace in the second movie. Like he'll make sure he can be Nicolas Cage when he has to be, but no, he's, he's definitely, he's just a relatable guy. He's just, a normal dude that just loves treasure and he's just chasing his passion. You got to respect it. You got to respect it. As I think we said in our book, M, it's really hard to root against someone who is very clearly like achieving their sole purpose in life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also like to say that Emily's greatest innovation in life is when she, when people curse on our podcast and she dubs Ben Gates screaming haggis over their cursing um it's one of my favorite just things. to be a part of just to be a part of that i might have to slip something in then just just so i can have that experience i want to hold that close you know absolutely i we encourage I, it yes as the audio <laughs> editor i encourage it <laughs> okay um so there's obviously a lot of great things about the characters in in the original movies and i think one of the things I was really curious to ask you about as someone who has perhaps studied these films as much as we have um, is the comparison between the characters in the films and the new characters in the franchise as a result of National Treasure Edge of History. And so you did see the show, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So overall impressions and first thoughts before I dive in and ask you like how Jess compares to Ben, but like, before I get there, what did you feel about the show? 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately being as big of a fan of the movies, I was naturally going to watch it. And if you take the show, like just that face value for what it is, like it was a good show, but I, I think they struggled where I think they struggled most is I think the National Treasure movie audience is a little bit older in age than I think how they directed the show to be put on. Like, I feel like they made a show for young adults, teenage kids, but those kids maybe have never even seen National Treasure. They have maybe don't have that relationship with the characters. Like, they can't draw the parallels between Jess and Ben Gates, where maybe people like us have or just people that have seen both. Um, so I think they could have done a better job of, I felt like it was kind of juvenile, I guess is the word to say. It was definitely a younger show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it had a lot of entertainment, but I don't think it came close to either of the movies, in my opinion. That's, a, you bring up a really great point because, you know, we knew from the get-go they were trying to target a younger audience with the show, but something that you said really made me think of something that I don't think I've expressed on the podcast before. One of the, I think, strengths of the films was that they created a movie that could appeal to parents and children, and so... Yep they immediately had two generations of fans and now the people like that are our age that were the children when the movies came out we could you know for people who have children at our age this could have been if they had created a very similar vibe that spoke to the parents yeah. and the children you could immediately have brought in the old fans and a new batch of fans whereas i don't know i'm envisioning the spectrum here where you have like your 30 year olds and maybe your your middle schoolers is what they could have gone for instead they went right in the middle and maybe neglected yeah. those two populations they could have had does that make sense no definitely and i think that kind of nails it is like how you're saying with national treasure like i think an old an older demographic watches that movie and they still get enjoyment out of it and a kid watches that movie and they still get enjoyment out of it where i felt like they really put themselves in this really niche group with the show that like because if we're being honest there's some scenes that like my fiance even she was like this is kind of dark for a disney plus show that like kind of weeds out some of the like younger kids and right. then it's like a lot a lot of like corny jokes that really only land with a certain age group that a parent wouldn't necessarily like it would go over their head so i think they kind of limited themselves with who they targeted i think they nailed probably that audience they were looking for perfectly but um and i think on a platform like disney plus you have so much to compete with from like if you're an adult looking for something for maybe to watch with your kid, there's so many things that you're competing with. And if you didn't have that draw to National Treasure, maybe that wasn't a show you even entertained when you probably would have watched it with your kid, but you all would have enjoyed it. But on a platform like Disney Plus, like a little girl, for example, is going to probably pick any show with a princess before she picks National Treasure. A boy is probably going to go down the path of like Marvel or Star Wars before they pick a National Treasure. So I think they kind of kind of buried themselves in a sea of a lot of really good options and people just didn't see it that's that's, that's a really really good analysis and like point <laughs> i i never really i never really thought about it that way but i think that that makes complete complete sense because something that i think aubrey and i you know we've talked about is like the way that it didn't even feel like it was uh the show was marketed like yeah 
super well. And I feel like even if, like, I feel like part of that is because of exactly what you were saying. Like it kind of gets buried in all of these other options. Yeah. And it's because for Disney plus, like from a marketing side of things, they're definitely going to push Marvel, which is a much bigger ticket item or any of their Disney princesses, which is a much more big ticket item before they really give the time of day to something like national treasure, which obviously miss on Disney Plus's part, but for sure. Cause yeah, like any, anyone I told to watch the show, they're like, Oh, didn't know national treasure was making a TV show. I was like, watch it. I'm watching it. It's great. And then I have a group text with two friends in particular. I would always watch it on a delay because my fiance had class. We couldn't always watch. So they would watch it like the day the episode came out and they're like, best episode of TV ever. And it's like, I, don't spoil it for me, but like, so they would watch it and they would enjoy it just as much as I would being, I would say definitely less of a national treasure fan as a whole than I would. So Mm -hmm. it was a good show. I just think they didn't reach enough people. Now, were there any characters from the show that you thought were particularly successful? Because I know we had opinions about the characters and I, I don't say that lightly because we've met all of the actors like pretty much in that show Mm -hmm. and they're all lovely people, but we definitely had some preferences for some characters over others did you have any strong reactions to any of the characters I would say no I will say my biggest frustration because it relates to one of the characters and it's one of the characters that came from the movies Mm -hmm. is I feel like we got absolutely no character arc on how I'm even blanking on his name but um the FBI detective from the movie that was the bad guy in the show, Salazar, but I'm blanking on his... Hendrix, Agent Hendrix. Hendrix. Like, when did he become bad? Like, was he bad during the movies and we just didn't know? At what point did that character arc happen? And I really thought that we were going to get that explanation and we didn't. Mm -hmm. So, like, even the characters that they brought in from the movies, like, no one... We didn't get an explanation on any of them. Yeah, I I would say I don't know if I really resonated with any particular character. I feel like Oren was more or less the new Riley as kind of just like the the lovable doofus. And I think he nailed that role perfectly. So I would say if I had a favorite character, it would be him just because he was the comic relief. He was, he filled exactly what he needed to do and he nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And I don't know... um... If you haven't, check out our interview with Antonio Cipriano, who played Oren. He is, he feels like the same person as his character. And we mentioned that to him. And he's like, we're pretty similar, but like, I'm not as selfish. And I'm like, fair, fair, fair. I don't know you that well. But like, overall, you feel very similar. Yeah, I'm I'm not judging your character at all. I'm just letting you know I can see the parallels. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you had to act very hard, you know? Um, That's funny. It's funny you mentioned that about the whole Salazar Hendrix connection because we actually had to like do math to answer your very question, which obviously normal viewers of the movies and the show are not going to do. So yeah, basically he was Salazar before the timeline of the first movie, which yeah. is so interesting because when we when we interviewed Armando Riesco, so the the actor, um, mm-hmm. he even admitted he was like. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, ooh, are you allowed to say that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like no, but I can respect <laughs> the honesty, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, I respect the honesty for sure. Um, okay, well, no, I don't know. Um, should we do a character analysis little quick game? I feel like we should. Adam's like an expert here. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> okay, so Emily right. and I have done this thing in the past where we've like, it's not it's not a really in-depth analysis. It's more of like a speed round game where I'm going to throw okay. a character at you from like either the movie or the show and like give me the first adjective that comes to mind to describe them. And you don't have to elaborate at all or you can. It's totally up to you. Okay. Okay. Um, let's start classic. How about Abigail? Frustrating. Okay, I want you to elaborate on that one. <laughs> She's so in the first one, it's like one, she doesn't list, listen to him, frustrating number one, but then she's like oddly suspicious of him very early on, which I guess it's not oddly because he went there to kind of talk about the whole thing. And then it's frustrating that like she immediately just hops on board after all the skepticism. It didn't take her very long to, to flip the switch. And then I guess, you know, we don't see what happens between the end of the first movie and the start of the second movie, but then she's just left him as it already appeared to move on pretty quickly. And then once again, comes back pretty quickly. So she's just pretty wishy-washy, I guess you can say, or quick to flip on both sides. So frustrating in that sense. Okay. Not an That's Abigail. Not an Abigail fan. We got it. We got it. If I did Abigail, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta ask Riley. How about Riley? I'll just say funny he's just he doesn't miss he excellent phrase for him um Patrick I can't think we'll just say proud I feel like towards the end of the movie you can and definitely in the second one he kind of comes back proud to be a Gates at the beginning, obviously, he's like, I'm the normal one. I have a job. I have a house. But he turns around. He, you can clearly tell he's proud to be from the family that he's from. Cool. I like Aww, that a lot. I love that. Let's do a villain. How about um, how about good old Mitch? I'm going to go with confusing not necessarily his role just kind of my relationship with him like I don't understand why he was really even evil like thank you I don't I don't get why he was bad like just because he proved that like I understand why he was bad to the Gateses but just in general I don't quite understand why he was so evil I guess that is super fair and underscores all of the commentary that we've made about the second film being just vastly more confusing in general. So it's really yeah. encouraging to hear you <laughs> kind of confirm our beliefs. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, don't know with him. Don't know. Fair. Let's do let's do one or two of the show. How about how about our lead, Jess Valenzuela? I'll go with perfectionist feel that feel that really? and her counterpart liam sadusky hmm, that's a good one i'll go with enigma excellent love it very poetic just as a singer songwriter yep. should be yep <laughs> 
okay enough of that i could do all the characters that i want with that's this has been excellent though um i want to <laughs> i want to talk future of national treasure because if okay. anyone has thoughts or opinions about where this should be going it's you um do you have any particular hopes or dreams for national treasure three well, obviously, just that it happens. That's that's the biggest hope. Good step one. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, I always I've always made the joke because I feel like the first one was like everything made sense. It was a very like volatile timeline. Made sense to me. The second one, a little more all over the place and a little more extreme. Just kind of I feel like how all sequels are. They just get a little more extreme. So I've always said that the third one, I think it would be great if it was the treasure he was hunting was Atlantis and he found Atlantis really just to go as far to the extreme as possible. So like good amount of the movie takes place underwater, just really make it extreme. But if I genuinely wanted them to make a movie that I knew would succeed, we I'll go with um, Obviously, being from St. Louis, I'd love to have him come through here. I think you could play something with Lewis and Clark. There's history here. You, he could definitely find something here in St. Louis. So I'll go with that. Amazing. You know, my my answer to this question has changed over the last three years. I used to just like have all of I used to throw out all these ideas for clues and stuff. And I still do. Um, yeah. But my new thing now is like I want National Treasure 3 to be so successful that people demand a fourth one. That's, I mean, that's the goal. You have not shared that with me, Aubrey. <laughs> Does it surprise I, you? Not at all. <laughs> obviously, I would love for them to keep going, but the last thing I want is them to turn into like the Fast and Furious franchise where these movies are just off the rails. And I feel like they've really lost the whole plot of even the movie. So we don't want them to go too far, but they set two up that we need a minimum of three. Like they can't just leave us hanging on three. If they do a good job with three and they do another good cliffhanger where a fourth makes sense, give me a fourth, but wouldn't be mad about them ending at three, but I just need answers to obviously how the second one ended. Naturally. I need to know what's on page 46. 47. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. We have to remember um, that uh, Adam falls asleep to National Treasure, That's true. not That's Book true. of Secrets. It's true. I mean, I mix I mix in the second one, but um, once again, I am falling asleep. So I really hope you're asleep before that. that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's so funny with the first movie because I told people it was like my fall asleep movie, and I fell asleep so quickly. I did like an internal study of I played it. So started it and then I would always play it the next night from the last thing I remembered. And it took me like a solid two months to finish the movie. Like I was just falling asleep so quickly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Oh my God. But I, I still find myself watching it start to finish when I can, but I do fall asleep to it. Because you're a real fan and we love that here on National Treasure Hunt. And we have to wrap up this uh, conversation the way we wrap up all okay. guest conversations on this show which right. is our customary speed round okay so I'm going to subject you to just just five rapid fire questions I want the first thing that comes to your mind all right all right what is your favorite national treasure clue um the Charlotte good answer nice. 
What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? Two. It's the second time we've heard two recently. What is one word that you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Corny. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you've already shared St. Louis, so I'm going to ask you for another one. What is another location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? I already used my St. Louis. I'll go Fayetteville, Arkansas, just because that's where I went to school. We'll take it. Nice. And Adam, for the record, National Treasure or Book of Secrets? National Treasure. The OG all the way. Yes. <laughs> Always a good answer. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us here on National Treasure Hunt. This was a blast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Welcome to National Treasure Hunt. Can we get started with your name, where you're from, and what do you do? Yes. Hi, I am Andy Capone. I am from Newark, Delaware. Actually, I live in Bear, Delaware, and I am a uh, school counselor slash therapist. Very, very nice. Um, I mean, we are just so happy to have you on. You know, thank you very much for your uh, patronage. I feel like the answer to this question is a yes. But do you have a screen from Parkington Lane that you would like to share? I'll put it this way. I'll go yes. And it has to do with like finding your podcast, right? And like the whole National Treasure. I think I was in the National Treasure before most people were. It came out before a like, and we'll, and we'll talk about Sandusky in a second because I have a whole different take on them than you, uh, Aubrey. Um, <laughs> it's, I think that I kind of like the Ben Gates mentality i think he for me he kind of guides what i do as a therapist like i'm going to go places where like look for clues where no one else ever would and if somebody says something i'm going to like try to go down that path that nobody no nobody else will and i just kind of find things um whether it's in a in a classroom with a client and it's just i'm going to take that chance and be you know who knows locked in a a tunnel with the raging flood but you know i'm gonna get out of it somehow like it's, it's just gonna be fun i it's love just, that it's taking the chance that is amazing that's like the best answer <laughs> that i've ever heard um i'm i'm a neuroscientist so i just like that i just totally drives with me i love it i love it so much um so you you kind of started to like talk about your history with national treasure a little bit do you have like a first memory of national treasure you kind of hinted at the that you really enjoy you know the ben character in the movies but do you have a first memory and like what is it that draws you back to national treasure that's a good so that's kind of a really cool question and, and i'm gonna so i'm 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 I'm, real, I'm i'm older than you by 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 i've been around this on many more times than you have and like Ben Gates, I would say is like, I don't want to say the cooler, but maybe the hipper kind of like not as well-educated version of Indiana Jones. And I'm a huge, huge Indiana Jones. Like, he, like he's my guy. And to see Ben Gates is just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to go like dig up this like boat and then figure something out from that because I can. Whereas like, you know, Indiana Jones was a, had to go through all the university politics and everything else. Like, oh, whatever. Um, 
my when National Treasure came out, I think uh, for me it was like, oh, this is a chance for me to see something that isn't as I don't know blockbustery like Indiana Jones and that Raiders of the Lost Ark was, or or Temple of Doom, um, or, or Crusade, and we'll stop after that one because after that it gets really wonky. <laughs> um, but National Treasure was just fun. And I'm, I, I like to have fun at the movies. Um, I think I actually saw this in the theater and then just watched it countless times on, on television. You bring up Indiana Jones, and I'm really glad that you did, because as you may know, Emily and I really do like to assess comparisons um, that film critics and media outlets make between National Treasure and various other franchises. And Indiana Jones is bar none the most common comparison we ever find and I mean we're biased so the fact that we like somewhat take offense to critics saying you know National Treasure is a bad ripoff of Indiana Jones we hate that a lot but I guess I'm wondering from someone from your perspective who really comes at this as an Indiana Jones fan how do you feel about those comparisons between these franchises? So I I think it's like comparing apples to lemons if you will um you know we'll take the the lemon here um they're they're not the same you can't compare the two and if anything for me if you take last crusade where he's looking for like the the, you know the 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 holy grail which is guarded by the knights templar i'm like and that's where we pick up from for national treasure i'm like maybe this is for me it's more of an homage it's like hey we're going to build somebody who's going to kind of be a little bit more reckless and maybe not as like intellectually sound but um, not as dorky as the Dan, Dan Brown characters from um, uh, uh, Lost Symbol and things like that, but like somebody who's kind of like right in the middle. And I think, that, and Nick Cage is the perfect guy for it. It's just, and then to give him like this straight man in Riley is just hilarious. And it just, I, I, and you can't, so to, to compare um, in indie with, with with Ben, you can't do. I think you have to compare the groups, mm. and the the National Treasure crew is always consistent, whereas Indiana Jones always has a different leading lady until you get back to Karen Allen. Um, and I think the crew from um, the National Treasure just that's I really enjoy them. I'd actually say he ben gates reminds me more of like maybe uh brendan fraser from the mummy actually just like i'm gonna go out and find some just go out, whatever um yeah. and you you can come along with me if you want because you have the woman who's like we're not doing this we're not like like abigail but brendan fraser whose name is totally blanking me in my head he's like no we're, we're gonna find this watch we're just gonna figure it out yeah and that's so I ramble. Sorry, that's the philosophy major in me. No, that's awesome and a really helpful perspective. Also, from you speaking on this, it sounds like you have come to a similar conclusion that Emily and I have come to, which is the beauty and the power of the characters that were developed for National Treasure. Like the characters Mm -hmm. really make this story. Um, And we find it really fascinating how every character really has, especially in the protagonists, they each have a very distinct role to play. And I guess I was wondering if you found yourself um, a particular fan of any of the characters, especially some of the characters that aren't Ben, because he's obviously awesome, right? Oh, Riley's the best. <laughs> Riley's, Riley's the best. best. I mean, one one of the best lines in in any any of the movies is when he just starts crying, like Riley, why? Because because there's stairs. I see stairs. I'm like, that's stairs. just. The best. 
I literally <laughs> quoted that this last weekend. I'm just like, he's just like, I'm so happy as he stares. I'm like, it's just instead of Indian, in Indian, um, uh, Marion going through a wall, he's like, I just see stairs. It's just the greatest thing ever. I just want to get out of here. Or his line, like, yeah, I'm sure it's sick. Blah, blah, blah. And he rolls off and crashes his Ferrari or whatever. Just, he, he's just such a, I, I love him. And like, he's always like in the in the shadow, and then all of a sudden, when you have Book of uh, Secrets, you're you're Riley. You wrote this book. He's like, you you know who I am. And it's this like stunning woman. He's like, holy crap! This is like someone recognizes me. Like it's there, there's a little Riley in everybody. Like he's sort oh, of yeah. stays in, in the shadows, and then when you get that that that, that glimpse of recognition, it's just like, oh, I matter. Yeah, thanks. He's so relatable. He's so relatable. Um. So you mentioned Book of Secrets, and I think it's safe to say that Book of Secrets is another national treasure story. Like, it, there's no yeah. question it's in this; it's the same type of story. But I think a lot of people agree that um, the story wasn't as successful as the first movie. And I was wondering if um, if you feel that way as well, or if you're a particular fan of the second film and what it could mean for a third film. I think the only way, the only thing it means for a third film is what's on page 47. Like that's pretty much like, that's going to be our next version. Um, I really thought that the studios or people didn't think that this movie, that the, that the first movie was going to do that great. They're like, Oh, Hey, let's, let's throw another one together really quick. And I think there wasn't as much, they relied on the current character development and how, to, and how do we kind of make this still stick to kind of keep going um and then let's let's find some other famous what's something everybody else thinks is kind of like cool in history oh let's go with john Wilkes booth and that's kind of cool i'm like whereas to me honestly it felt like a like a quick uh, so i'm a little like anti especially with the writer strike right now anti-hollywood like it was a quick cash grab kind of like crystal skulls was with indiana jones i'm like we didn't need that and they're maybe they're going to redeem themselves with the next one but i i don't think so um mm-hmm. So I think that they're separate stories, but I think I would almost, man, this is just going to sound silly. It's almost like an epilogue. Like, like, like when you say, what happened next? Like that could have been like a, like a 20 minute vignette. Like here's what, <laughs> here's what, you know, happened to Abigail and Ben and Riley did this. He wrote a book and then, although, I mean, not to take away, I do enjoy the scene where he like, like totally dupes the secret service and like, Oh, sorry. I'm just going to take the president this way. And, Having uh, the, the president just totally buy into it. Bruce uh, uh, was great, and I forget his last name, but his second Greenwood. He was awesome at that role and just kind of doing his thing. Like, oh no, he took the other thing and he got lost. And yeah, like, so I mean, based on your comment about the like being anti Hollywood cash grab, which I completely agree with you, um, sounds like you might not be terribly annoyed that it's taken National Treasure 3 this long to potentially happen if it means it's going to be a better product. Uh, 100%. I, if, uh, to me, if you're going to do something, do it well. Don't 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 cut corners and don't like put some effort into it. I, I've, I've seen enough things, whether it's um, a live act, like a live action musical or, 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 or play, or even movies that they, they, they rush really quick. I'm like, just take, take your time with it, develop it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best, probably one of the most recent examples is probably the, the musical Hamilton. 
-hmm. that that um, mm -hmm. Lin took so long to write, and it's not it's so you know you know very controversial thing. It's not even his best work. Uh, his first his first musical was much better, but this one like he was he's like I'm going to do this and make sure it does, it's done right, and I think that's what has to be done with especially when you're talking about the you can go to Mount Rushmore you can go to the Franklin Institute you can go to these places and like that's cool like so um, let people enjoy the journey enjoy the chase don't make me have to go to England to look at the resolute desk and find a plant like, it just doesn't make any sense keep it at home <laughs> yeah it was, whatever. I like that I like that <laughs> Well, I have to ask you then, I mean, you seem like someone who's a bit of a national treasure purist. What was your reaction when you heard that they had created or were going to create this national treasure edge of history series that was going to have basically a completely different and younger cast? I thought it was a dumb idea. Um kind of like when they tried to do the Indiana Jones Chronicles on TV. Like, what are you doing? Like, it makes zero sense to do that. And again, uh, you know, that's, again, that's a Disney cash grab. It's, you know, if you're going to do something, Disney has the money to do something really, really good. Just, you know, get the people involved and let's do something. Honestly, let's do something original. Let's stop remaking things. You, you have a solid blueprint. You have a solid, you know, cast of characters who are already pretty fully developed. What else can you do with them? What other interesting situations can you do? You've ended Book of Secrets with a really interesting like cliffhanger, if you will. And like, let's follow that. Let's not create this other alternate universe that doesn't make much sense. And so I'll stop there because like, I could go on. No, that's that's a really uh, interesting perspective because we've talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, just give me more national treasure. At this point, I'm desperate. So, <laughs> so it's like it's really interesting to hear um, that perspective, and I completely see your point. Um, and before we start wrapping up, I did want to ask you um, a bit more of a fun or hypothetical question, especially since you've watched and and taken. Uh, an interest in many different treasure hunting type franchises, it sounds like. Andy, what role do you think that you would play on a treasure hunting team? Like what skill would you bring to the table? Oh man. Um, I want, I, you know, as much as you, as much as I want to say, I want to be, I'd be the leader. I'd be the guy going, is this, is this really the best idea? I'd, I'd be the devil's advocate. I'm like, Let's let's look at let's let's be pragmatic about this. As much as I am all about like going for it, I'm like let's if we're going to make the right decision, are we taking everything into account? Like let's let's um, I don't know. I'm so I, I'd be a good number two, like kind of trying to keep the the lead guy going. Hey, hold on, I'm not good. I'm I'm, I'm like the assistant coach. So like, hey, coach, it's not a great idea. Let's 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 pivot on this and go somewhere different because that that way does it, it's not working and that's probably where i would see myself but i but not like a follower like i'm like i'm i'll go whatever you go like no we're not doing this no stop pragmatic <laughs> yeah. logical we love it which is like totally not me. like there is a very large part of me that is like logical but i i am very like creative and like let's i'd be more like like okay you i you solved the puzzle that way i solved it this way which way is right like, like, I, like, let's, 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 let, let's collaborate. So. Very cool. 
All right. Amazing. Now we know, Emily, Yeah. Emily, when we go treasure hunting, we'll have to have Andy come with us to keep us in check. Hundred percent. <laughs> okay. So we are going to wrap up this conversation as we wrap up all conversations on Right. National Treasure Hunt, Andy. And that is with our National Treasure Hunt speed round. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite National Treasure clue? It's the Silas Do Good Letters. I love that answer. No one gives us that answer. I love it. Oh, and then in him paying the kid back and forth, it's just like the greatest. So good. Oh my gosh. What is the appropriate number of lemons <laughs> to keep in your refrigerator? if I'm single, definitely not two dozen. Um, I would probably say, I don't know, six. Six it is. Andy, <laughs> what is one word that you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? okay, this is going to take more. This is gonna, like, Okay, I know you. I know you think he's dumb. I know you think he's hard. I love him. I think Please. he's like the, the, the like a sage. Like he knew he knew it was going to happen. I think he has that. If you look at the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, he was the mentor that they had to find to kind of get them going. And he always pops up like a like a Yoda or Obi Wan Kenobi in in that spot. And like like he he kind of has he kind of had it figured out. He's probably the reason he. There's a reason he was on the case. Because I'm the man in charge. Well, there's probably a reason they said it. Is he the brightest bulb in the batch? No, but he's certainly brighter than Ian. So whatever. We'll take it. I love that. Thank you for the explanation. Um, what is one location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? Okay, so that I, I, I'm splitting hairs here. I want to. I'd love to see Yorktown. Okay. Um, Ah. it, it was close to uh, Fort Delaware. which is right near where I live simply because Pierre Lafont found that found it found it and he you know he was a Freemason he designed uh Washington DC so there's a cool connection there but for me the Yorktown area with Williamsburg is like probably just just it's just that a little bit That is brilliant. You clearly think like we try to, which is trying to figure out the, like the secret connections and what the mic drop moment could be because every National Treasure movie has an, that mic drop moment. That's awesome. Okay, and the last one, I know what you're going to say, but for the record, National Treasure or Book of Secrets? National Treasure. Oh my Yes. gosh. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for joining Thank us you. here Oh, on thank National you. Treasure No, thank Hunt. you for having me. Well, we have to start by giving the biggest thank you to all of our National Treasure Hunters, our super fans who joined us for this episode. I, I can't, there, there was not a dull moment. I enjoyed every single one of those conversations. I mean, it, it just, it, it amazes me, like I said, that we have such passionate and such passionate fans with such honestly diverse opinions on some of the national treasure lore facts that we feel like we have very specific opinions on. totally and you know it's become a joke a running joke and I'm not afraid to admit it the whole like Sadusky dynamic and the way I feel about Sadusky compared to the way other people feel about Sadusky but I'm gonna be completely honest with you I love love when people come on here and they're like 
Yeah, Aubrey, I completely disagree with you. I love Sadusky because X, Y, Z, because that's the beauty of National Treasure Hunt is having these conversations that can be as as trivial and as fun as being about a particular character, but they can also be as deep as what what makes National Treasure this community that we all bond around? You know, what are the messages that it shares? What could it do differently? Like it really is the ethos of these conversations are the ethos of our show. They are. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't know, Aubrey. Thank you to everyone that joined <laughs> us. I mean, it, it was a great time. Did anything in particular stick with you? I mean, it's really hard to pick just one thing, like five things just popped into my head, but I guess Abby telling us, um, I don't remember if it was on mic or off mic, that she and her friend are going to come to our book event at the National Archives in July. Like, we had such a lovely conversation with her. You know, her our book was in the background of her screen, and it was just so, so lovely. She has such a similar story as we do with, with these movies, and to hear that she's going to be coming all the way from Alabama to come see us in D.C., was just it really warmed my heart. Oh, that was that was great and very excited to meet her in person. Um, I think for me, my favorite was, you know, we hopped on the line with uh, Andy and he just kind of happened to casually uh, mention that we might know uh, his son from Ursinus. Uh, so we naturally thought that he had found us and our podcast through that Ursinus connection no it turns out he found us all on his own my brain exploded I I mean uh, it's just Hon amazing honestly that alone is a scream from Parkington Lane am I right <laughs> very true like the definition <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah, we could sit here all day talking about these conversations, and we can't wait to have more of them. So if you, listener, would like to join us for a Superfans episode in the future, there's a very specific way that you can guarantee to do that. You can. Uh, find us on our Patreon and become a patron. Uh, we are on patreon.com slash podcast, And, uh, you know join us please and then please. join us on the episodes yeah that's literally how this works y'all and we can't wait to meet you just like we had these wonderful conversations with with you know adam abby gomez and andy your name we're adding your name to the list next until then i'd be remiss if i did not remind you that season seven of National Treasure Hunt is coming your way in July 2023. We're going to be doing some Edge of History deep dives. We're going to be doing some new pop culture comparisons. And of course, so much more. Also, you never know what bonus content we're coming at you with. If season six proved anything, it was that. It was. So we have a lot to look forward to, team. But until then, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our national treasure hunt.